we're doing that Brooklyn Nets Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets. 200 and a quarter on the road to 250 episodes of Talking Nets. Me in Jersey City, Alex in New York City, and Doug Barrick in Brooklyn. Nelly, what up? I see you back there. Nelly just said, hold on, hold on. Don't shout me out. You don't know my whereabouts. I don't want you doxing me on this live stream. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Doug, bring you in first. Doug has been on Talking Nets before, and Doug is back for this season. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to be back, especially after a win. Um, not that I need a win to come on, but, you know. I mean, Yeah, you need a win. Maybe you brought the good luck, and I think Whammy brought the good luck, and you you Whammy's right-hand man, so we'll get to that in a minute. Alex, what's up, man? How's your weekend? How's your uh, Sunday five minutes into the afternoon? Yeah, it's been uh it's been all right. I I think you know, uh I all I can say all I can say about the win uh from last night is a win is a win. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um but yeah, we'll get into it and uh closer to the deadline, we'll we'll also talk about that, but outside of that, uh, it's been a good weekend. It's been good. Trade Spencer, trade Dorian Finney-Smith keep Claxton and wow what a difference makes when Cam Thomas is in the starting lineup we'll get into it let me retweet so I can give us some gas out here Boom. all right you know what I'm saying um I got more followers I got twice as many followers on my personal account as the talking Nets account which is way more than most of these bozos that write under both accounts so I got to start off right there addressing the bozos the last episode we did, shout out to Robin Lumberg who came through. And, you know, uh, Robin was talking about how he came to New York and he was talking about the Knicks on the radio and how, you know, the Nets were a little underrepresented and he kind of joined the Nets fandom and, you know, his kids are Nets fans now and it's a down year for us. But whatever, we went to that Knicks game like, hey, let's see what happens. I honestly didn't think we could beat them seeing how we find ways to lose and we were coming off of blowing that lakers game but man the first thing i had to get off my chest today is something that i was getting off my chest on air at wfan for everybody in new york to hear brooklyn is not in new mexico it's in new york you follow me for all of the gas that they put on this situation i swear they were hyping it up yo it sounded like madison square garden in there MVP chance in the Barclays? How embarrassing. The Nets should relocate somewhere. Can't believe they made it sound like the Garden. Knicks fans was in there chanting, let's go Knicks. Mikael Bridges got booed at the free throw line. Man, shut up. What does that mean? What do you win for that? What do you get for that? This is New York, dummies. I know you guys didn't need to go to Geography 101 to realize you can take the train from Madison Square Garden to Barclays Center in 35 minutes. Also, the New York Knicks started in the 1940s. The Brooklyn Nets have been here for a decade and a year. What are we talking about? I had to, I had to, I had to throw water on that. 
And even some Nets fans saying, oh, well, you know, they took over our arena. We should relocate. They should have left us injured. No, the best home for the Brooklyn Nets is right where they are. And I'm speaking as a fan that I seen them play in Continental Airlines Arena when I was a kid. And um, I, I tried to go to Newark when they're over there. Nobody wanted to go with me. Um, and now going to Brooklyn for this last decade, this Nets world has been built. And what I mean by that is I've seen the progression. I've seen the evolution. I've seen the change. Doug Barrett can speak to that. I've seen our arena actually get full with fans, Nets fans, wearing Nets merch that you know are familiar faces that you've seen over and over through the years now. And it's a down year as far as what they're putting on the court. But for any Knicks fans celebrating the Knicks fans taking over Barclays, I thought we had no fans. I thought they they pumped fake sound into our arena. I, I thought nobody cared about the Nets. Stop moving the damn goalposts. I'll pass the mic. I mean, to speak a little about that, you know, we are the more affordable arena. They can't even afford their own arena, so they got to come over to us. Um, but yeah, like it's back and forth. They, you know, it's it's like brotherly times, but sometimes they take it a little too personal. Um, you know, Brooklyn is a great place. You know, it is the biggest borough. It's Kings County. Uh, we still gotta, you know, bring that final crown in, but. Um, I don't take much to me. It's another game until it gets more competitive. You know, the whole rivalry stuff. It's, it's not gonna like we're, we haven't consistently been on the same or nearby level in a while. Like it, it sucks. Like you want Day that. You want that fire. Like Jets, Giants, all that. Like, yeah, it's annoying. You share your place for the most part. Um, but yeah, a lot of times what I've noticed in the arena, like this is the loudest they've been. In the arena, normally they, they wait till like they have a comfortable lead, which is kind of sad. Like, cheer for your team. Um, but you know, props to them, they showed up, they could have show up. Um, it is what it is. Um, you know, they're supposed to be the better team right now. So the fact that they're struggling with our guys kind of says a lot about them, you know. Yeah, I, I was in the arena. I granted I sat up there with Evan Roberts and Tiki Barber and Tommy Lugauer which I never really be up that high, you know, not flexing, just like I haven't been sitting up in the 200 or higher uh, since like 2013, 14. There's a little bit different sound dynamic upstairs when you're way upstairs than downstairs. So I can't really speak to the downstairs, but what I did feel, and I think Doug spoke to this too, they didn't get that loud until the Nets blew the lead at the end and then they started coming alive. In the first half, it was like, all right, we're in here. They tried to get some MVP chance going. Knicks fans um, were trying to get you know some let's go Knicks going, but they kept getting hit with let's go Nets or booze. And then by the end of the game, when you got the game, because clearly the Nets love to blow games, they love to lose games, you, you can have that. But I just think it's backwards because how one year is it, oh, yeah, I ain't got any fans. Oh, we don't care about them. To now, oh, we took over their arena. Like if we have no fans, that should be easy. That's an accomplishment. And last, I had to pull up the Joel Embiid Wells Fargo Center. I'm like, it's more of a flex that you drove down to Philly and did this than hopping on the train. And a lot of you, you didn't even have to hop on the train. You could have walked there from Brooklyn. Like, so anyway, let's get to uh, more important things. Since we have Doug Barrick in here, we're gonna keep going with these fan features from our guy Joel. So let's read Doug's while Doug is in the chat. Doug Barak, 
I became a Nets fan when the team moved to Brooklyn and then attended my first game with my dad on January 18th, 2013. Since becoming a fan, I joined the super fan group called the Brooklyn Brigade, who are my extended family in the soul of Barclays Center. I also have had the honor of calling the Nets' most well-known fans my grandparents, the Whammies, welcomed me into their lives and have allowed me to become their shadow for some priceless pregame experiences. I've been able to capture all their heartwarming interactions with current and former players, the most important part about being a Nets fan is sharing the fandom with my pops, the OG fan. Shout out to Doug Barrick. Doug is in the chat. Let's give Doug a minute to speak on that. Go for it, Doug. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, my dad, an OG fan, he was around for the ABA. He actually got to win those chips. But unlike Knicks fans, I don't claim that as my own. That was his time. That's about our time. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been through a lot in a short time in Brooklyn, anything you put Brooklyn on the chest, you know, it really hits home, uh, for all of us. Uh, I didn't actually start watching basketball until I started playing 2k with my friend in college. Shout out to Eric Goldberg, uh, Bulls fan. And, you know, we got the, had that fiery passion with that seven game series that none of us like to talk about anymore. It's the Bulls in the early days. Still been a fan, learned, uh, hoops through playing 2k. So shout out to them. Although their product needs to be a little bit better. Um, but yeah, Whammies are a family friend. Um, their kids went to college with my aunt and uncle and they've known each other, you know, a while. So getting to know them on my own and kind of establishing that, you know, um, they are like family to me. Um, you know, we do miss Judy so much. Miss Whammies, you know, Bruce may have been the noise in the arena, but she was the heart and soul. Like she brought the uh, you know, beauty, inner beauty of the arena fandom. So being part of their heartwarming experiences still after spending all every single game last season with them, um, you know, it's different without her, but um, just seeing Bruce for who he is as a person, you know, pregame with all the players, it's, it's priceless. And last night, you know, it was a testament of that. Um, that was one of the most wholesome, most like wowed experiences I've been a part of, even if I'm the one, on the camera yeah uh, uh the whole game i was like man it's it's whammy's birthday happy 88th birthday to mr whammy and you know whammy is always behind the backboard where he sits and uh you know coming up and and doing his thing when the guys shoot foul shots and when we got one at the end of that game and it was just like whammy magic and the nets get a win because they were trying to find a way to lose again they were trying to fumble i was like I, I was talking to Alex and, and Doug in the chat. I'm like, no way we lose this lead, right? Whammy said, no way. So shout out to Whammy. Shout out to Mrs. Whammy, RIP. What I'll say about Mr. Whammy and the Brooklyn Nets and the New Jersey Nets, like um, there are themes that go on, I guess, throughout the NBA. Um, there are super fans in every city. Um, but I think that Whammy is one of the more well-known, more recognized, definitely by players, like past, present players definitely know him, um, former Nets, even guys that haven't been on the Nets. That's why I always laugh when people try and play like they don't know who Whammy is. I'm like, he wears red sleeves. He's got white hair. He's literally 88 years old. He's got signature move. Like, you know who Whammy is when you see him. If you play in the NBA – and you played one or two games in Brooklyn, you know Mr. Whammy. So happy birthday to Whammy. Let's talk about the game. So 
Last night's game, the Brooklyn Nets defeat Ime Udoka's goofy head ass. I told y'all last week, bro, like, and I'm going to say this again. Maybe I didn't say this on here. I, I always get confused if I said it on WFAN or I said it on the pod. Ime Udoka, he's got to pay his wife $32,000 a month in child support. How you have Nia Long, first off, how you bag Nia Long and then fumble the bag and have to give up the bag. Shame, shame, shame. And that's why I think Ime is always hot. Like, I've been watching his coaching style. Like, he was about to uh, challenge a play yesterday. Even last time he was here, I'm like, oh, this guy is agitated. Because he had Neil Long, fumbled the bag. Now he got to give up the bag. And he's down in Houston somewhere. I'm sure they got booty clubs and strippers over there from what I know about James Harden. But you had one of the baddest all time. And you fumbled that. There's no coming back from that, dog. You went out sad. Anyway, so last night, Cam Johnson is hurt. So Jacques Vaughn's hand was forced, which I guess sometimes it takes that, right? Cam Thomas, number 24, young guard for your Brooklyn Nets, starts the game and comes out doing what Cam does. Ends up having 37 points. The Nets get a win. So that's another game that's just erasing the narrative of the Nets cannot win games when Cam goes off for 30-40. It's pretty normal for him. It doesn't even look like he's going off. It's just what we expect of him now. And when everybody else in the starting lineup chips in double digits, Dinwiddie with 10. Trade him. Trade him. Appreciate you, Spence. But whatever we can get for you, you deserve better at this point. Nick Claxton with 10. And also, you notice Nick Claxton, 13 rebounds. I wouldn't trade Clax. I know there's some people saying that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute in the chat. Let me know um, who y'all think we should trade or not trade as we're going through some of this. I, I wouldn't trade Clax. Doe, Dorian Finney-Smith with 19 points. Yes, that's a good game ahead of the trade deadline. Hey, uh, anybody interested in DFS? Anybody looking for a 3ND wing? Sure. Sure. Come on down. What are you guys going to send us a first round pick in 2031? Whatever. It is what it is. We'll take it. We'll take it. We're not above it. We shall certainly accept. And uh, last but not least, Mikael Brooklyn Bridges. I think some of the fans have stripped him of the Brooklyn Bridges name. 19 points. Plays 41 minutes. Five rebounds, one assist. I don't think he goes anywhere. Let's let Alex get a word in. Alex, watching the game last night, watching the Nets almost blow a 21-point lead. What were your thoughts on how they started the game? Uh, immediately to me, I'm like, good start. And then obviously having Cam Johnson start and you know, tell us what you feel about uh, getting that win on Whammy's birthday last night. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, Ramon said in the chat, Cam Johnson was out for uh, personal reasons. <clears throat> so we just want to say like, Hopefully well, everything's I, going well. Did I say he was hurt? Yeah, yeah. My bad. I wasn't. I I just I just woke up from a nap at eleven forty-five. Um, he wasn't hurt, but either way, he was a, a healthy scratch, and that's why Cam Thomas was able to start. But yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> this whole. I don't know. It seems like a mirage that Cam Thomas moving to the bench makes our team better and. 
I, that's what Jock Vaughn thinks. And I completely disagree because every time he goes off every now and well, not every time, but sometimes whenever we lose, he goes off and he sometimes gets the blame for that for some reason, which makes no sense. Um, and then you play him and you start him and Mikhail Bridges is a more efficient scorer. He, I know he only scored 19, but not only that, but he got a lot of load off on the offensive end that he was better defensively. So it just makes sense where when you play Cam Thomas, it makes Mikhail Bridges more efficient and more effective. Um, unfortunately, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, got hurt. Um, he, I think he hurt his ankle. Uh, and he – it's going to be tough because I, I would like to get a first-round pick, maybe a couple seconds as well for him. Hopefully he's not out too long. Uh, but with Cam Thomas, he has to start over Cam Johnson. He's just been a, he's just a better player flat out. And, you know, Cam Johnson just hasn't been up for this season so far. Uh, I'm not saying that because he was, uh, out, uh, last night. Um, but with Cam Thomas, it just makes other people better and makes our team better when he starts. It just, it just makes sense. And now, we sh- we only have two wins since he got moved to the bench. If he if next game, Cam Johnson's available and he moves to the bench, you you have to look at either ownership or you just have to look at the up uh, higher ups, and it has to be some sort of decision from them or Jock Vaughn because it doesn't make any sense for him to be on the bench. And Jock Vaughn said it before, if you play well, you earn or you earn a spot or even showing it in practice. I mean, he's shown it multiple, multiple times. And he said it before, like, his minutes are random. He played 41 minutes last night when two games ago he played, like, 18. So it just doesn't really make sense. But, you know, a win is a win. Uh, the end the end was terrible. You know, Royce O'Neal giving the ball away. But, yeah, a win is a win. Again, oh, and against the Rockets. So, uh, you know, they have our pick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was good to get one uh, finally. I think we're back into the playing spot now. I think we're tenth now. So uh, yeah, I I I'm just really know what do you guys think, Doug. Yeah. So um, yeah, good to get a win. We shot terrible from the free throw stripe. We shot fifty nine point five percent from free throws. That's one reason why the game is close. We also got our rebounded by fifteen. Um, they won the offensive boards by a large margin. So that was why, basically why the game was so close. Like shooting percentage, we were fine in comparison. Not great, but fine. Um, DFS had a fantastic game all across the box score, plus minus if you believe in that. The rest of the box score, you know, it all evens out. Um, you know, hope Cam Johnson's all right. You know, personal reasons or nothing, you know, really to joke about. So hope all is well there. Um, but let's say hypothetically he comes back and all that. And then Cam, you know, what do they do with Thomas? The things I've noticed is that um, Cam Thomas and Dimity don't always have the best uh, minutes together, um, at least consistently. Then it's like, what do you kind of need that true point guard? Because it seems like Cam Thomas plays well with uh, ESJ and obviously plays well with Ben, but we'll see when Ben comes back around. So Trey's trying to figure out that ball handling because Thomas sees the ball in his hands quite a bit, but Playmaking, you know, still a thing for him. Um, 
but you also don't want to limit yourself because a lot of games where we run out of gas in the fourth quarter and Thomas is not available. Last night was um, an exception, it seemed. Um, but yeah, so then it's like interesting how, what do you want to do? Because I still feel like based on our roster, Cam Johnson plays best at the three. Then, you know, how does that really, you know, work out? If let's say I have the guy, like, you still want Bridges, let's say the two, and then Cam at the one, but neither of them are really, you know, playmaking ball handlers for the most part. Like you can see flashes of Thomas, but not consistent. And then, like, you know, trade deadline, DFS likely going to warrant you know, one to two first-round picks. Royce, you know, I don't want to go too far into it, but it's, you know, it's unfortunate the game got that close. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to be against the Rockets since they do hold our pick. So, Yeah, and we were talking about the standings. The Nets are now back in the play-in uh, in the 10 spot. And then when you look in the West, the Houston Rockets are out of the play-in in the 11 spot. They're 21 and 24. The Nets have to find ways to win. The, the Nets, and this is you know, how we'll get to the next point, but the Nets are trying to make the playoffs every year. It doesn't matter who is there. It doesn't matter who's not there. And um, they're not ever punting on a season like some of us want. Me specifically, I've, I've been yelling, go ahead and punt. Get what you can get. Go ahead and trade pieces off. Get what you can get. They're not going to do that. And it's funny that the timing right now of the deadline, the deadline is a week from Thursday. Um, Thursday will be February 1st. The deadline is February 8th. And we're coming up on it. But tomorrow night, they are anticipating the return of King BS himself. BS stands for whatever you want it to stand for. Ben Simmons had the uh, G, G League practice with the Long Island Nets, and he's supposed to return. If you look at that second link, Ben Simmons, imminent return to Brooklyn Nets sparks playoff optimism. I saw that on Twitter. I said, optimism from who? Who, who told you that? Sean Marks? Joe Sy? I don't think I don't think the fans are optimistic. Woj put that out, right? Woj put after practicing with the Brooklyn Nets G League team this weekend, there's optimism that Ben Simmons could return as soon as Monday versus the Utah Jazz. Simmons has been out with a lower back nerve impingement since November 6th. Fuck out of here, bro. Like this is what I'll say about Ben Simmons at this point. This is a sinking ship and the version of Ben Simmons that you're going to get can't do anything to help. A little bit of help, maybe. But if you want to see what he has before you make trades and deals, I understand it. You're paying the man. You traded for the man. That was your own dumbass fault. But uh, here we go with the Ben Simmons saga uh, coming to a uh, theater near you. Brooklyn Nets tomorrow will host the Jazz at 7.30. And we're in this string of home games right now where the Suns will come to town. Y'all can welcome back KD. Uh, everybody show up to Barclays with a brush in your pocket. And when KD gets to the foul line, everybody start um, start brushing your, your peasy peas for KD. <laughs> uh, then we just got to slide down to uh, Philly. As I was speaking about Knicks fans taking over. 
Philly, just a you know hour, hour and a half drive down 95 to face Embiid. I wonder if Embiid punk ass will play this upcoming Saturday. He ducked smoke last night. Then we got Steph and the Warriors, which don't be surprised if you see some Warriors fans in the Barclays Center. I remember them, quote unquote, taking over Barclays Center. And then, oh, no, here comes Luka and Kyrie next Tuesday. It might not be a fun stretch of basketball right here, but it ain't been a fun stretch of basketball all year. So uh, we showed you the standings. We talked about last night's game. And uh, before we go to the chat, I just want to let these guys weigh in on upcoming games, Jazz, Suns, Sixers, Warriors, Mavericks, and the return of BS himself, uh, potentially joining the team Monday night against the Jazz. Yeah, I um, I don't know if he'll be inserted straight away into the starting lineup because he was a starter uh, in the beginning of the season. Um, that would be stupid as hell, in my opinion. If 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 you are are benching a healthy Cam Thomas and then Ben Simmons comes back and you put him in the lineup, fire that man, fire Jacques Vaughn right away. Don't even let him start the game. When that little starting five graphic comes out, if it says Ben Simmons is starting Monday night. Jacques Vaughn, you're out of here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, I think he might actually get to start just because DFS is out most likely for tomorrow's game, uh, and he seems like the right person to like just swap him with. Um, maybe Voice on you will start, but uh, and we'll also see if Cam Johnson's available for uh, tomorrow as well. So it'll be interesting to us to see what the starting lineup is for tomorrow. Um, those five games. Uh, Utah's been good. You know, they've been on a on a hot streak. They've been pretty hot uh, the last month or so. Um, it'll be interesting to see what reaction. Well, I mean, we'll probably record um, before the Suns game and talk about Katie's return. But it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's reaction will be uh, when he comes back. Will be booze. Will be cheers. Will be mixed. I think it will probably be mixed. Um, and we'll see what the uh, what the other games and i think those are the last five games until the trade deadline and then we'll see what our team will shape out to be like for the rest of the season um for a utah game i, I just I, I just want cam tom i just want cam Thomas to start for the rest of the season i just don't I want him to go back to the bench it just doesn't make sense for him to move to the bench when we've only won twice <clears throat> with him on the bench so uh yeah i mean a, a lot of people are probably gonna want some i think uh actually I did read uh, Eric Slater um, speak with uh, Mike Scotto, um, where they're gonna, where he said basically the Nets will make some moves. Um, I, I I'll believe it when I see it, to be honest, because we always, like, you know, Sean Marks always says during the off season, like you know, we need rebounding, we need bigs. It doesn't get any bigs, doesn't get any rebounding. So uh, it's always like lots of talk, but can you can they walk the walk so uh we'll see we'll see what happens uh in these next few games uh and we'll see how ben simmons looks i i i think he'll just look like the same as he was earlier in the season um so uh, i think it, he he'll he'll bring he'll bring defense he'll be in ring bounding because he was our best rebounder uh earlier on in the season um and he'll uh push the pace but in terms of scoring, he won't bring anything. So I, I'm I, that's what I'm expecting from him. Uh, not the highest expectations, but he'll he'll bring he'll bring a little bit. 
Yeah, um, for Jazz, it's uh, Bodega Night. Um, I do not know if the Nets are going to be unveiling a Bodega mascot, which I've been trying to push for in a minute. <laughs> Bodega Cat. Um, so maybe we'll be, you know, Bodegas are the owners of, you know, sorry, Cats are the owners of Bodega. So we'll see how into this do they go. As long as Team Hype and Brooklyn Nets don't, you know, pull Cats type performance, I, I think we'll be good. Um you know, I don't know what specialty they're going to do. I'm eager to see what makes it a bodega night because their actual bodega in the arena is overpriced. Um, you're not going to find those uh, nine cents Arizona's, that's for sure. Otherwise, people be hoarding them. Um, but yeah, Ben being back, I, as long as he's what he was in the beginning of the season, like those flashes, that's enough for me. I mean, obviously, you have every right to be upset. Back injuries aren't no joke, though. Like, it's someone who has become a hot mess since turning 30 and change. So, <laughs> um, yeah. No, nah, I feel um, you. But, yeah. But I just, so I just like, think he's, I, th- I just think he's BS. I think he's, BS I mean, I don't know what he's, BS. I don't know what he's about. I don't know if he truly loves basketball anymore. Uh, like, yeah, what happened know, to the whole mental so health thing, time. right? We never talk about that anymore. When, when he left Philly, um, Clutch Sports and Rich Paul and Philadelphia, they had this whole mental health thing. Um, that they used pretty well. How come they don't talk about his mental health anymore? I, I don't don't hear any articles. No no beat reporters tried to interview this man. Say hey how how are you doing Ben? How's your mental health health now? Like I got a problem with that because I have friends that suffer from that. I have friends with anxiety. I have friends with depression. I have friends that actually have mental health issues that it's an ongoing battle and they don't get to just use it to you know get money out of an organization and then be like oh no I'm I'm good now. Like what's the follow up Ben? Come on, talking nets. Come tell us. My, my, my guess and speculation was that you, I, don't know, I mean, regardless of how it actually moving is, out of the Philadelphia area cured all of that up, I guess, because he, he doesn't have to worry about speculation anybody. Speculation why clutch and all that would do that, regardless of if he felt it, is the, the money. The money was the biggest thing. Like, that's, that's why what I, I said. Like, you know, yeah. So the only difference but people with in the real world that have issues playing. like that, oh, for they sure. Can't, they can't lean on that to get money. They can't, me, they can't, I take my telegram every day. You know, Exactly. They can't evoke the mental health clause to 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 benefit them in business. But I don't know. I'm just tired of it, bro. I, like, I hate that the Nets accepted the trade for him. Uh, I hate that that's our problem now. I feel like he's done. I don't I think after the Nets, there's nowhere that he's going to play in the NBA. But it is what it is. Joel, yo, the Nets finally got a win. Yeah. And you you missed our um our Doug Barak fan appreciation. I don't know if you missed it. Um, Maybe you were in the chat. But if you did miss it, let's do another one of those right now. So uh, Joel's been uh, working on these for us to, you know, do something positive to highlight something other than the losing Brooklyn Nets. So you guys might be familiar with, I think it's Scouse, not English, on Twitter. Um, And Joel interviewed him and he said, my granddad was drafted in to do some work on the bridge in the 60s, I think. He used to tell me stories when he lived in Brooklyn. When I was old enough and started watching sports, probably early 90s, I watched my first games, and my granddad told me to pick an NBA team. I asked if I could become, I could choose Brooklyn. He said, perfect choice. Well, was it New Jersey? Never mind. Anyway, shout out to Scouse Not English and Joel putting together these fan appreciation Post. We got one more of those to roll through today. Shout out to Dez. 
Dez says, my name is Dez from Brooklyn. Came around to the Nets after the Brooklyn move in 2012. My favorite memory from the team is actually the first season in Brooklyn seeing Joe Johnson constantly bail us out. Yeah, I saw Joe clutch. He is currently my favorite player from the Brooklyn era. Facts. They should have never gave Katie his number seven. They should have kept Katie in 35. Then I probably wouldn't have bought three KD jerseys that I now have in my closet for no damn reason. Like, what am I supposed to do with these? Like, you see Doug Barrick's got the right seven jersey behind him. What am I supposed to do with these three seven jerseys that I can't wear out in public? Donate them, I guess. Anyway, wrapping this up, let's go to the chat. No voicemails. So as we... uh Exit out because I, I think I'm gonna go right back to sleep. I'm not gonna hold you. I gotta go to sleep before these um these playoff games start. If my son is still sleeping, I'm about to talk right now. Uh so back to the chat. What was uh where was I in the chat that I wanted to make large? Um Greg Stat says talking nets. What are the chances the Nets get Bob Myers to be the general manager of the Nets? Zero. Um Joe Sai likes his general manager, in my opinion. This is my opinion, zero. Joe Sai likes a general manager. We were talking last episode about how he backed a general manager. He's not he's not going to move on from Sean Marks. In Marks, we have to trust. You know, we used to say in Marks, we trust. In Marks, we have no choice but to trust. Greg also says Ben Simmons is, ben Simmons is BS. Yeah, I'm just referring to him as BS. <laughs> to, LOL. Whom? Whom are we speaking of? <laughs> Certainly not I. Saint says. If we waiting to see what Ben has before making deals at the deadline, we cook. But, like, that is something that Sean Marks, Joe Sy, and the Brooklyn Nets would do. We're cooked regardless, but I think they're like, let's see what this guy could be just so they could be let down again. <laughs> um, ben and Jacques Vaughn to the G League. I, honestly, if, if I see that starting five graphic tomorrow and all of a sudden Ben Simmons is back and he's in the starting five, I don't care if Dorian Finney-Smith is out. I don't care if Cam Johnson's still out. Like, this guy has a max contract, does the least, and he just gets to roll back into the starting lineup. Cam Thomas, imagine, like, Cam, like Cam Thomas got to be looking at him like, really, bro? Like, looking at the whole organization. And then, you know, Cam was short with the media, and he, he had a question where he answered, ask the coach. And then Jacques Vaughn came out to say something along the lines, like, all these guys are like, that shit is corny, bro. That shit is so dead to me. Like, why are we even doing that? Whatever. Will Katie get an almost will Katie get an almost won a championship tribute video by us? Maybe I'm sure he'll get a tribute. Probably will. Gonna, yeah, he will. Yeah. They're gonna do he, something to honor him. For Kyrie, I'm sure. It didn't end well, but you know, he had another scapegoat and all that and Kyrie Irving. And we all had a, a, a fun time uh watching KD ball for us. And uh, take us to game seven against the Bucks, And they eventually became the champs. So we'll forever live with the thought of if Kyrie was healthy, if Harden was healthy, what could have been. I think they will do something to honor KD. Um, this isn't the first team KD up and left. At work, but wanted to drop in and wish you a good ep. We'll listen to that sometime soon. Thank you, Joel. Doug, if you're the GM or the owner, what would you do? Who's your next head coach for the next season? Go for it, Doug. I mean, that's that's a tough one um, because you got to think of what the roster will look like down the line. Like I, you know, as much as I respected the idea of giving Jock his chance, I felt like they gave him too much um, for a short stint. 
like yeah. of, of what he's shown. Like I didn't I didn't mind him, but I knew we were going more developmental. I never liked the Nash hiring. Like I wasn't amused kid 2.0 type vibes. Um I thought Kenny deserved his shot a little bit longer with the, you know, the big two at the time. I'm not gonna count DJ as part of that big three. Um, I like Sam Cassell, you know, the history he has with the Nets, the the partnership, you know, he's had in Philly alongside Doc and such. Like people really respect him and he's very I don't want to say outspoken, but like people talk, he talks, players tend to listen. You know, he's got a strong voice. It's not just over positivity. That SpongeBob vision that Jacques sometimes does. Like Jacques's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think he's lost locker room. Like not even just recently. I think it's, it's been a minute. So similar like- to Steve Nash, Doug, remember when, Na- and I said this every episode, when Nash stepped down and he eventually left, he said, you know, my voice is not connecting. They're not listening to me. You can't coach guys that, that don't care about what you have to say. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, part of it, like, the first year of Nash, Nash had an outstanding bench coaches. So, like, you could kind of like, oh, okay, you Lean know, maybe he'll get guys. it. Maybe he'll get it the next year. He didn't. He didn't get it. He didn't learn. There was no, like, anything. So, Jacques, you know, I, I knew it would be a developmental year. I do feel we have – uh, disappointed like i had I, I didn't have us like going crazy like six seed max 10 seed where we are now is our floor so we got to be somewhere in there but we are substantially the floor has some cracks in it and we've fallen through um i don't know what's going to happen in the trade deadline i think we're going to retool i know someone brought that up like with you know royce dfs din like from what i've heard from various people um like something with either just coaching and then when he like I know Sean, of course, and Joe liked Dinwiddie a lot. Like he's a great, phenomenal person, but I, I think unfortunately it's time to say goodbye time. yet again. It's okay. Yeah. Um, um, you know. Speaking of saying and, goodbye, my son is crying in the background, so that's my cue to wrap this up. And we got no, forty-five minutes in. Last thing I wanted to add was Brooklyn Nets guard Derek Whitehead will have season-ending surgery on Monday. Jacques Vaughn says, and. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys get the closing words. Thank you, Doug, for joining us on a Sunday. We almost never record on Sunday. Thanks to the loyal Talking Nets subscribers. I see Saint in the chat, Warren in the chat, Ramon in the chat, Greg in the chat, uh, AWNC Enterprise, Joey BK, Jared, Joel, you know, a lot of familiar faces. Um, appreciate y'all pulling up, man. Let me see if I can get one more question from the chat, and I'll let you and Alex kind of say your last piece. Once once you're finished, we'll go to that one. Yeah, um, that'd be an interesting question. I have to look at, uh, you know, uh, all the players that grew up in the Tri-Sayer. I know uh, Jalen Brunson. Kemba Walker was a Bronx cowboy, but like he's. Why would you say? Why would you say Kemba Walker? Because because that's (laughs) the first thing that that's the first player I came to, and I'm a UConn guy, so he's is he in the league? No, he plays in Monaco. Uh, but he's he's loving life there. So um, the, the first thing I thought was we just played the Timberwolves and they have three Jersey guys: uh, Nas Reed, who's from my area; uh, Slow Mo, who's from North Bergen, where I used to live; and, and then Cat, which is obviously Cat. I think is from Metuchen. So I, I put a tweet out. I was like, all those guys grew up New Jersey Nets fans. Fold. Let us get a win. Nah, instead the Nets fold like they always do. 
Uh, I, I, speaking of Nas Reed, I always, I really wanted him as a, on our team last year. For a couple of years. Yeah. We were like, yeah, trade I, I, I was always, I was shocked how he went undrafted. I watched him at LSU. I'm like, this guy is a late first rounder. Uh, and he somehow got, went undrafted. But, um, uh, I would say that, um, to answer the, I think Greg put it in the chat where, uh, you know, he asked Doug, like, who would be the next head coach? I saw um, a tweet from Billy um, that was really interesting, and he said he would uh, um, he wouldn't hire him, but one person to keep an eye on to you know start a new direction would be Jared Dudley and give him a first year uh, head coach, and that Jared would be interesting Dudley. because he has been. I think um, he's still with the Mavericks as an assistant coach. You know, he was part of that team that won the championship with the Lakers and he w- he was never playing with the Lakers. He was just there as kind of like that Juwan Howard that was with the Heat. You know, you Jonas Hallett with the Heat, sort of like that that like player coach type of player. And I really like Jared Dudley. I think he's really smart. You know, he has some connections with the Nets when that 18-19 season. I don't know how to get along with Ben Simmons, but uh you know he he would be an interesting one. Sam Cassell is a great shot as well. I think he deserves a head coaching job, um, but like you know, we have to you know, we have to wait and see. We have to be patient, um, and you know, I, I just I, I just want to see. You know, it, it's it's so weird because <clears throat> uh, Doug mentioned it. You know, our our ceiling was probably the sixth seed, and our floor is the tenth seed, and we're at the tenth seed, and it's crazy because we only won like five games in the last like twenty, and it's just NBA. like oh, crazy and like. I'm I'm just looking at the standing. I'm seeing which teams are actually better, uh, better or worse than us. And like realistically, we'd probably we still be a nine seed. Like I don't think we're better than the Magic. I don't think we're better than the Pacers. So like, there's not. I mean, I, I actually wouldn't be going into that much. You know, the standings uh, are reflective of exactly what the Nets fucking are <clears throat> right now. Right? They're a team with some talented players. They're a team that shouldn't lose as many games. Right, they should be in the play-in at least. Should be a potential playoff team, but they play like a bottom three team in the league in crunch time in the fourth quarter when it's winning time. If they could just figure that out, they'd have a lot more wins and they'd be in better position. So, all right, I got to run, guys. Um, they rather honor VC. Yeah, I would love to see that. And I saw um, <laughs> someone said, "What would a uh, what would a Ben Simmons tribute video look like? It would look like um, outfit of the day. It would just be him and." fucking 20 different designer outfits on the screen sitting on the bench all right i gotta run uh my son just woke up it's sunday and you know how that goes i got things to do appreciate y'all though man doug was able to come through so thank you doug uh, appreciate you guys appreciate you thank accommodating you, and i on this beautiful yeah, shout sunday Ellie, rainy day in the stream as well nets world we appreciate y'all don't sweat it too much the nets will be all right they'll figure something out hopefully we can get a win streak after all these losing streaks and uh we got these upcoming games monday wednesday we'll come back with an episode maybe thursday or friday since there'll be uh two games this week that's all i've got though i gotta run appreciate y'all man let's go nets let's go nets brooklyn